This week's episode of the Soundcheck PGH podcast, we are bringing you our conversation with Clara Kent. If you don't know, Clara is a local R&B, hip-hop, neo-soul artist, and I would have to say one of the most passionate and outspoken guests I have had the pleasure of speaking to on this podcast. I think this was a great conversation. We had a really good dialogue. We covered a lot of ground. But don't take my word for it. I want you to hear it for yourself. Let's get right to it. No place in the world better than my conscious. All I need to know floating through my chakras. No place in the world. All right, soundcheck PGH. Claire Kent. Hello. Welcome. Yay. Thanks for thanks for coming on. <laughs> I know. I'm excited, really. Yeah, I know. We were just talking. I feel like I've interacted with you on a handful of occasions, and mm-hmm. we've never gotten to actually like sit down, have a conversation, even really meet yeah. at all. Yeah. So so I've been looking forward to this. I'm excited. That's good. That's What's good. been going on with you? Ooh, um, a lot of good things. A lot of great things. Yeah. Traveling, doing shows outside of Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. It's cool. Yeah, you got a <laughs> lot going on. You're going places. I know. So I kind of wanted to start off just by, you know, I'm assuming there's listeners out there who haven't heard of you, or if mm. they've heard of you, maybe haven't heard your music. I assume ever, no one has heard of me. <laughs> That's a good assumption to yeah. start with, you know, I, that way. I feel like yeah. I should always introduce myself. Well, th- well, go ahead. Give me, to someone who's never listened, never heard of you, mm. who is Claire Kent? Claire Kent. I am a multidimensional artistic individual. I'm a visual artist. I'm a sonic artist. I'm really, my purpose um, in my music is to be authentic, be um, full of integrity, and just speak my story and hopefully heal people while I'm healing myself. That's really the purpose of me creating in the first place. That's pretty awesome. I know, that sounds really epic, but really no, so no. goofy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying all that while thinking of like Star Wars commercials to make i really okay that's random but i really want to make commercials really bad commercials for yourself self-promotional commercials yes i want to make that's pretty sweet i think of commercials about 85 percent of my day and that's why i'm so (laughs) i'm just like yo that'd be so cool that would be cool be like uh like a music video but but something that you see typically when you're seeing advertisements yes i like that i know i like that a lot you should make that happen i am it's gonna happen so you say you're telling the the music is telling your story Mm-hmm. and healing yourself while healing others. Did yeah. I get that right? Yeah, because for a long time, like I've made music for years, to be honest. Um, when did you start? Whew, um, I started to take it seriously when I was 14. I would write raps. Yeah. But I was like nervous because I still had a singer's voice. Okay. And um, I was nervous to sing too because at that age, my voice was super deep compared to other girls. All the girls had pretty... And I'm sitting here like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so I was like, it was basically a development program. Um, some of the people that were in it, like Homewood, we had a rapper that was pretty dope, uh, RIP. His name is uh, Brucey. There was Boaz. And Wiz was actually there while the program was going wow. on. He was like, it was way before he dropped like Prince of the City and Prince of the City too. I think he was working on Prince of the City when he was there. Wow. And um. Yeah, we actually got to meet with like a Motown producer and he was telling us the game of how to like get our publishing, how to keep our copyrights, how to like so- make sure you songwrite as much as you can, like, because that's where the money is and blah, blah, blah. Not blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> yeah. When you're 14, it is blah, blah, blah. But yeah. 
now at my age, I'm like, yes, I'm so glad I learned that. That's um, pretty cool. Though. That's when it started. And that was the first time I wanted to quit music because it was the first. I, I grew up in church. Um, that was that's basically anybody that grows up in like Homewood, Wilkinsburg or any like urban area. Is it is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from Homewood. OK, gotcha. I, at church, that's where we learn how to like perform, how to play instruments and all that stuff. But when you're in church, there's the gospel jaw. I had really bad gospel jaw. What is that? Like you ever see Whitney Houston when she sings? She's like, and, uh, and like her jaw is like shaking crazy. <laughs> That's gospel jaw. Okay. So I had really bad gospel jaw and I didn't really grasp like a lot of things that you need for recording performance. It's completely different. So I hurt myself. <laughs> I hurt myself for the first time when we went to a studio in CMU and I cried. <laughs> I was like, I quit. I'm never doing this again. Oh, that's so funny. It was funny. But here I am. But you persevered. You kept going. Yeah, I was I had crippling stage fright like Justin Strong, um, when he had Shadow Lounge. We used to yeah. practice performing there. Oh, my mom handed me like these bundles of like straws that, you know, like you get when you get like a, a martini or something. Oh, like the little drink straws, a little like mix like, of things. She was like, just grip it like a stress ball and sing. <laughs> I was up here gripping some straws, looking at a chandelier, shaking like. Mm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, came a long way. I was gonna say you've come a super long way. <laughs> <laughs> I looked crazy. I had yeah, to go but like it. it's what you have to do to to get over your fears. Uh-huh. Right. Like, you know, that stuff doesn't just happen overnight. You have to put in the effort and the time. I really like I had to get through a lot of fear. I had a lot of I had a lot of negative. I had no, not negative. I had a lot of expectations of myself. And I didn't understand at that time that all the people I admired failed a lot. Yeah. So I was like, I just had this idea that everybody had to be some type of prodigy that was just great at whatever they do immediately. And you're talking about still back when you were like teenage. Yeah, when I was a teenager. Yeah. Because everybody, like, I was around people that were just so good at things. I'm like, I just, I didn't realize I was Naruto, not Sasuke. <laughs> I know that was an anime nerd thing, but. I was going to say, that one went over my head. But, okay. <laughs> but so it sounded Naruto, cool. <laughs> Naruto is destined for things, but he had to work really hard and nobody really, like, backed him up because he was lame. And that's what I was. And then <laughs> there's Sasuke, who was just great from, like, the time he was born. But, you know, not everybody's Sasuke. I was Naruto. I had to get my, my, my powers together. I had this inner power with it. Wait, you got to watch it. Just watch Naruto. And you'll understand. I'll get it. All my anime nerds, what's up? Yeah. But that's what you have to do, right? Yeah. You have to you have to focus on that stuff. You have to I like, have to focus on what I'm really good at and stop I had to stop like going outside of myself trying to compare. Comparing will kill everything. Yeah, because it'll it'll make it feel like uh like you're never gonna match up. <clears throat> Ever. Yeah. yeah. You and you overlook all the gifts that you have that you could like amplify. So that was the lesson I learned. So the music with creative liberation when I was a little teenager. Sure. Awesome. The music you're making now. Oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. yeah. Does that does it feel to you like you are focusing on your strengths? Does it feel, does this feel like this I feel is... like I I try to Yeah. I feel like 
I still have work to do when sure. it comes to like dismantling those. For growth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like one of those people that never wants to get too comfortable. Comfort makes me feel weird. It makes me uncomfortable. It's yeah. Weird. That I'm, is what it's a weird little paradox, it right? It is. It is. It's like, yeah. it's the paradox of my life. Like as soon as things get comfortable, I get very uncomfortable and I'm like, no, I have to grow. I have to do something like I, I get like restless. Where do you think that comes from? <sighs> I'm still meditating on that. <laughs> it's totally fair. I feel like in some way, sometimes it's because people, if you have such a such a hard expectation or high mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. for yourself, mm-hmm. it'll feel like if you're doing the same thing or if things are similar that you must not be accomplishing something because you're mm. not you're not moving along. You c- there's no like indicators that are super obvious that you're still going towards something Hmm, there's no transition period that actually i could feel that i also just feel like i have this this like thing about arrogance like i i always was um humility is a big thing for me like i like being balanced i don't want to allow arrogance or feeling like i'm just like above certain things or like I don't know. I'm always a student, I guess I could say. I feel like I always want to be in a position that there's enough room for me to grow and learn because I feel like that's living. I feel like if I'm just You should never stop doing it. Yeah, because if I... I feel like I was in that place of just like stagnation for a long time in music where I was kind of making stuff that appeases people. Like I was making... um, I was writing hooks for people in college because I went to Columbia College, Chicago. And there's a studio there and I was writing people hooks and doing little hooks for rappers in Pittsburgh here when I'll come back from break and stuff like that and it's like do you go for music yeah I was a vocal jazz major radio broadcasting was my minor and then um I just made radio broadcasting my major I was tripping I don't know what my problem was. <laughs> I was just like flip-flopping all types of studies yeah. it was crazy but it was a great school I loved it the that whole, sounds awesome yeah the experience at that school taught me that I can do a lot more and that the sound I had wasn't so because at the time, like the sound of R&B that's out now is what I was doing then. And people were not with it because at the time it was like Beyonce and Rihanna was out with like this rocky edge type of sound. And I was more like if Neo Soul was like, I don't know, mixed with hip hop and trap. Yeah. At that time. But now it's actually popping to do that, which is cool. I'm happy that. I chose like something that people sonically can wrap their head around now. But I felt, I felt like I was limiting myself in content and I was limiting myself in sound because I didn't feel like there was room for my story. And I felt like I needed to go through an experience of at least embracing my story so that I can heal. Cause I went through a lot. Like my mom was sick and when you're like 19 and you're in school and you get a call and you're they're like, well, um, your mom, she just like, we just revived her because she just had a stroke. Oh, my God. <clears throat> That's a lot. So I'm trying to go to school and I'm trying to not feel guilty about like trying to excel my life while my mom is in the hospital. And it was tremendously hard. So I would work overwork. I can't imagine. It was a, it was a lot, especially because I don't I mean, I know who my father is, but he's not in my life, really. So all it is is my mom, me, and my grandma. So you were super close. Yeah. Like, my mom was my entire family, so she was everything. So 
going through that, trying to just like, I'm, I have this ideology in my head that not only am I the first person in this lineup of women to go to the, a college, like it, to go to school for something that they want, I have to like accomplish my goals and my purpose because they had to sacrifice theirs in order to raise me up. So it was a lot for for myself at that time. Yeah. And then I ended up, because my mom was super sick, I had to come back home. And I still was working in studios. Oh, and then eventually, unfortunately, my mom passed a leukemia. So I was around, I think, it's, it's okay, she's free now. So. Sure. My mom was, or my mom was young. She was like in her, she was 45. She was about wow. to turn 46. And I was 22, turning 23. And like, it was just a lot. It was a lot. So I, it was like everything settled in. I kind of like became stagnant for years. And then all of a sudden, like years later, it just popped in my head. Like you have gifts, you have a purpose and your mom would definitely not want you to be sitting here moping. And like, I didn't have friends around me anymore. I didn't have any, I was just isolated. It was like the sage moment of like, like isolation like this harsh isolation from everything in order to like realize my purpose so that's what aura really came from it came from that it came from or is your your debut album yeah which was great like i had (laughs) shout out to jordan beckham i had like a whole thing for this mixtape called flipping words that was supposed to come out and that didn't even happen there were so many projects i was supposed to come out with and it just didn't happen and then um this was just like this was me just like facing my story, embracing everything and basically giving a message to myself. Right. Of saying that you have a story that you can tell and it's okay. You're not perfect. It's okay. Failure is actually going to make you way better. So, it's yeah. powerful. That's powerful stuff. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, no, it is. I mean, did you, I mean, just the way you kind of described it like mm-hmm. you're the first person in your family the first woman in the in the lineage mm-hmm. to go to college to have this opportunity and mm-hmm. they and your past got you here your family's past got you here yeah like that's an incredibly powerful way to look at it i imagine right yeah that's that's kind of how i always looked at it i always looked at it like everyone that has lived before me my great-grandmother my grandmother my mother i feel like all of us are like standing on each other's stories or each other's shoulders, really. You're building something. Yeah. yeah. So I take it very seriously. I take um, music, everything that I create, I take it seriously. Even if it's a fun song, I still take it seriously. Like, right. Even if it's something like about partying, I still want it to be, I want people to feel it. I want people to get up and dance and like have a good time. Or if it's something that's like, emotional and personal i want to make it that kind of like sold so sold is a song that i wrote about the realization i had when i was in a previous relationship okay and it's not necessarily about a relationship more than it's about realizing that your value was compromised and that you sold yourself short. You actually are tolerating things that are not serving you. Um, it's hap- easy to do that. It's easy to lose sight. <sighs> it's it's we we make all these excuses. We, oh yeah. We try to um, justify different behaviors toward us. For everyone, I wanted everyone to really feel that song because it's something I feel like everyone has done, whether it's a job, family member, lover, or friendship. It's like. 
you realize that the love that is there isn't a love that actually serves you it's actually something else it's not exact it, it's maybe a lesson to teach you what love should be so that's an example don't make me less it took a lesson it took some hard times it took nights took tears in my eyes it took so much from me that i came more i sold myself short punishment so would you say sold is if you know going back to that idea that you know a listener hasn't heard of you doesn't know anything about your story is mm-hmm. sold the first song you would play for them um yeah i i would but most people like outside which is hilarious to me yeah what does that mean <laughs> um so people like outside because deep down everyone has like a story in which they wish they could whoop someone's ass <laughs> right <clears throat> so i kind of wrote it about betrayal because at the time i was in a deep depression there was a situation that happened with me that um i felt just betrayed and i felt basically i felt like my space my whole being was violated um by people i thought were my friends so i was like you know right. what i'm gonna write a song instead of like actually whooping her ass and going to jail because I actually do want to have a music career and not like go to jail. This is I a don't much have, more healthy <laughs> way to handle it. I don't it. have bail money right now. Right. Um, I'll just write about it. So I basically, that's why it starts with, How dare you miss me with the excuse? I'm lying. I'm basically kind of like empowering myself and um, reminding myself that people can't take anything from me. And um, that's where Outside came from sure and people love that song especially at shows it's ridiculous i'm like wow y'all guys are violent <laughs> but the crowd really feeds <laughs> they off love they love that they love when i sing sold people cry really that's oh. gotta be that's gotta be so powerful to you right <gasps> it's so like what <laughs> um another song that i didn't cut yet but i will in the future you guys will have to wait um <clears throat> it's called words <laughs> And um, I usually do that live with my guitarist. His name is David Brown. What's up, Dave? And um, every time people cry on those two songs, sold and words make people just like cry. It's crazy. Does that give you, like, how does that make you feel knowing that, you know, <sighs> your story, your the, the pain you endured and poured mm-hmm. into this art? is having that effect on other people i imagine that's got to be like you know it's, reassuring that it's what vi- you're putting out there is is powerful yeah it's like um it it makes me stay in a place of being um grateful so having gratitude and humility because it just is a reminder of like this is what my purpose is this is why right. i create like when i create art even because i paint that was basically how people got to know Clara Kent in the first place really which is funny do you um, still paint yeah, yeah i have some things coming you know what I'm saying? oh sweet <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh but it sounds like it's it's a little bit it's not the main focus music is the main yeah focus. I, sh- I switched it at first it was painting and i would do some live shows here and there but i switched it to music because i feel like it's more impactful and people can feel it more and visualize more and mm-hmm. um 
painting I'll, I'll i eventually have ideas to pair both together and you guys will see it next year a lot so that's gonna awesome. be cool but um seeing people react to songs that are so personal to my life in a way that it t- it, it just gives perspective that everybody that you walk past every day has a huge story they have yeah. a like variety of emotions and you can learn so much from each person so it just reminds me that we're all connected and that it really is a fulfilling service to be an artist like it's it's i think it's amazing it's immense so i just sometimes i have to like sit and look at people like you're crying whoa i'm about to cry don't yeah. let me cry <laughs> but um it's it's beyond words really yeah that's yeah. important stuff i feel I feel now more than ever almost because mm. it feels like people are disconnected more so <sighs> than we used to so be. So glad you said that. <laughs> Doesn't it feel that way though? Yeah, and that I think that's what made me want to make Aura such a like emotionally like drifty but also like weird project. <laughs> it's so I love the album. Thanks. Um <laughs> at the at the risk of being corny, I mean the aura of aura yeah, is yeah. just sweet i mean and Thank it's you. and you can feel it on every track all the way through mm-hmm. i mean there's a couple where like you know you'll you'll which will uh repeat melodies from previous tracks or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and that kind of adds to it but just you really hit the nail on the head in terms of creating an atmosphere and a like a vibe of feeling yeah and carrying it all the way through Thank which i you. thought which i thought was great yeah it, i really wanted to capture um the moment in my life in which I had that realization of like, <gasps> I have to do what I'm born to do. Like stop with the excuses. Like just tell your story. Like what was really stifling me was me not giving a voice to my story. I didn't feel like I was one of those people that's like, Oh, well there's people that are going through worse. So nobody wants to hear what I have to say or sure. You know, and that, yeah. that is, that is a terrible thing to do to yourself only because it, it takes away the validation of a lot. It doesn't allow you to acknowledge anything. So you can't really heal if you don't acknowledge things, if you don't take accountability and you don't have clarity on things, you're not going to heal, you know? Right. So I had to realize that I need to acknowledge all the things that I've been through, take accountability for my part, and then I'll gain clarity so I can actually heal myself. And then when I realized that, I made that album. It was like, ah. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> what, what do you think caused the realization, though? Was it you just wake up one day and kind uh, of feel that way? Or was there a moment that sticks in your mind? The moment for me, I think, like, well, there was obviously, I mean, my mom passing, but it just caused me to overwork myself. And, and that is that a distraction, kinda, you know? Yeah. You're not really, like, sitting with what happened. You're just like, and I have that bad habit from my mom. She would, anytime stuff would happen, she would just work, 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 work. She worked crazy. She would like sleep she, three hours a day. What did she do? Everything. She had her, uh, she had her own landscaping business. Um, one of the first things she did when I was a kid, she used to paint huge wall sized canvas. Oh, wow. And play jazz records. And that's what kind of like awakened the whole experience of me being a painting artist, but um that's where it comes from mm-hmm. that's the roots and then um she just was like a record collector but she was always like an entrepreneur and she would always like 
work two other jobs on top of that. She had her own security business. She was working at an old club back in the day called Dow's on Ninth um, with her own security company. She had her landscaping business. And all this is while she has like she had a really messed up leg because she was in an accident and they were going to cut her leg off. Oh, my gosh. But it's I don't know. It was there. (laughs) (laughs) I was but she wasn't she would get up every morning and like crawl to the bathroom and I'd have to help her get ready for work. And it was just like extremely painful to see her do that every single day since I was like five all the way to when she passed really so she was extremely strong which also was like a detriment to her because she never asked for help she always was helping people and it used to like get on my nerves but um it kind of bled into how I react to things like whenever something would happen I would just overwork myself and just like okay if I work if I achieve something, I'll feel better. And it's not true. You have to you have to acknowledge it and really feel what's going on. So that's what this album was. It was like me. That's what clarity comes from. It's me saying I never just listen. I'm stuck and I'm missing all the lessons. And, um, that's why I'm like, if I stop and take a moment, the weight is felt. So the weight is like, of course, the pressure, the, the heaviness is felt. And then the other part is as soon as I stop to take a moment, then the weight is felt. It's the time. It's like all the the expectations are felt so that's where that comes from but I eventually um thankfully this past year got out of that bad habit thank god of overworking yourself yeah (laughs) I almost overworked myself to to something crazy so well it's great that you're able to recognize that though and yeah. kind of uh you know adjust moving forward and know that that's always going to be a part of you always going to be like a mm-hmm. an inclination you're going to have. Yeah, I had to learn that rest is just as important as working. Sometimes you just got to sit in it. Yeah. You know, even if it's super <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It I think I'm a I'm a Gemini too, so sometimes like air sign people tend to like detach themselves from their emotions. That's yeah. my way of doing it is working until i pass out <laughs> but i stopped doing that i promise i promise i did um what months are gemini what's the what's um, the range i think like that? well i'm a june gemini so okay. it's like may june late may yeah. mid-june you know the coolest sign ever <laughs> are you into astrology is that what it is that's astrology yeah right? it's astrology i am not a crazy person about it but i do feel like it's a cool tool yeah it doesn't tell you like a lot of people use it in a way that's like They feel like, oh, you're a Pisces. And it's like, there's so much more to a person other than just their sign. That's kind of like seeing somebody with like, oh, you have brown eyes. You have brown eyes. Ah." Yeah. Okay. Relax. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's true in everything. Yeah, exactly. You can label somebody because of any trait. Do you ever get the sense, though, that as a society, as a culture, mm-hmm. we're, it feels like we're starting to do that same thing? Mm-hmm. Not astrology, but yeah. painting with broad strokes, like 
just yeah. grouping people into ideas that we already have of what those people are like. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like that's starting to be almost more prevalent than it was before? Yeah, because people don't read. <laughs> <laughs> like, see how that paradox works? People don't read. Yeah. No, I think that um, that is true. I actually had, like, a big debate in the car with my Tribe Eternal family. Shout out to Tribe. Because we were talking about how, like, generalizations are, like... We were doing it more so with the subject of, like, men and women. How men will be like, women ain't shit. And men will be like... Or, uh, yeah, men ain't shit, women ain't shit. And, like, back and forth battle. And it's like, but if you put it together, none of us are shit. <laughs> We're That's, all shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it was just funny to yeah. see. Um, I do think that people use generalizations because they don't like to, um, again, take accountability or think beyond a, a mass scope. Yeah. And it's easier. It is. It's quick easier. and easy. It's just like, oh, you're like, pizza's you trash. <laughs> right. All pizza. Yeah. That's what I said one time. That was a terrible. Ter- Actually, Twitter got me in trouble a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing this up because I was going to bring this up, but I'm glad that you're bringing it up. I need to let's, stay off Twitter. Let's get into that, though, because I got you here now and, uh, and I want to talk about it. Gosh, okay. So recap for the listeners what what happened. You were making you well, let me let me say it and you yeah. could tell me if this is correct or not. But cool. how I read it was you were making the point that or you tweeted something along the lines that Pittsburgh's not big enough to support all the talent that is here. Mm-hmm. And that to grow to your full potential, mm-hmm. you might have to leave. Yes. And that touched a nerve <laughs> that touched it it touched a nerve so crazy i didn't honestly the reason why i didn't even think it was going to do that is because i've tweeted that before like i've yeah. tweeted something i always tweet something to that variant all the time that's why i i, I thought it would like soften the blow a little bit because i said i love pittsburgh i really do that's right you did say that but in my recap i failed to remember that part <laughs> I love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh yeah. is the place to me. It's the best place to do artist development and shape yourself because the crowd here, like, if they really like your music, they like it. If they right. don't, they will talk over you and drink. Right. Like for real. Right. So. But yeah, <clears throat> that's so, how I learned to get better at performing. You know, and be a better like crowd engagement person and really make the stage my home was the city. So, I really love Pittsburgh. Right. So tell me, so go, you know, we've got, we've got a whole, we've got endless amount of time here. Okay. Tell me, tell me exactly what you meant when you said that. Tell me where mm-hmm. that was coming from. Okay. And, uh, and if you think people interpreted it right or wrong. Oh, um, I actually had, I'm, I'm going to say positive things first. So I actually had a lot of artists agree. Um, and they knew that what I meant was leave as in like travel, like leave as in like, don't reduce yourself because you want to stay in the city you are from here so if you go to new york you'll be like i'm from pittsburgh and like, be oh, from yeah. i'm from wherever because you know new york people are from everywhere <laughs> of course and that creates lines of connection so people will come to our city you know what i mean so that's right. what i was really saying and um I was like, if you have to move, because I did move out, I went to college in uh, Chicago and it yeah. helped me bring resources and in, in a different scope of thinking back home. Yeah. So I feel like travel is very important for artists, especially with 
streaming and especially with being like the new independent artist wave like Spotify and SoundCloud and like DistroKid all these venues are making it that you almost have to do that you have to travel and like whatever but then (laughs) 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 then there was those that I feel like sometimes on social media sidebar People read while they're in their ego mask. An ego mask is a thing that is completely selfish. It's hypersensitive. They don't really look at any perspective outside of their own sensitive perspective that they think is really strong, but it's really like weakish, which weak isn't bad. It's just bad when applied incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So I had some like people be like, oh, well, I, I do fine here. I, I do great. I'm like, that's great. And they're like, Meh. and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, and then there was people like, oh, why don't you leave then? I was like, I am next week. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like, um, there was just, uh, I think a lot of people, Pittsburghers, we have a lot of pride in our city. We really do. We, especially the sports, like legacy here is strong. <laughs> And, like, the culture here is really, like, a gnat in the ends. Like, it's really, like, ah, Pittsburgh, yeah. die hard. It's, like, we're really, like, serious about that shit. So, I understand that, like, but to me, that just spoke to the thing that actually crippled it the last time when, like, Wiz and Mac had to leave because there's this ideology of, like, the king or queen of the scene. Mm-hmm. The only way we're really going to excel as a scene as a music scene, whether it's hip hop, R&B, soul, rock, all of it, is if all of us really come to the realization like, okay, I have to do a mini tour. I have to travel. I have to network outside of my bubble. I have to, why don't I just check out Ohio? Why don't I link up with this person and do a little collab? Like, it's 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 simpler than we make it out to be. So that's what happened, but it just, it blew up crazy. It did blow up. I had so many subtweets. It was crazy. <laughs> But what you're saying isn't tweets. <laughs> Subtweets. It was going on for like a solid like two or three days there. It, I was like, okay. I woke up to <laughs> hundreds of notifications. Oh, I can't even imagine. I was like, stop. They're like, I agree. I'm like, oh, it's going to other places now. People start talking about oh, the yeah. industrial complex. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? The steel mill's closed, and I'm like, I, I'm I'm done. You guys have fun. I'm gonna go find some glitter so I can paint. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Yeah, because really, the message behind it, what you're saying, is not. I mean, that's it's it's almost common sense. Thank it's you. almost Thank like you. you. Yeah, you can't just stay here forever. Really, not even just as artists, but just any person. I feel like that's the beauty of travel, and that's why you yeah. should travel, is to expose yourself to other yes. cultures, other people, mm-hmm. other areas of the country, or other countries that do things similarly or differently. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're the most, like, the crazy thing about the coast, really, like, I noticed that people always stay along the coast. I'm like, you could go to the middle America, you could go to the south. I don't know, go to Canada a little bit. 
I just was like, I was, uh, I think a lot of people got it about like 70%. The other 30%, they would just like, <laughs> I was like, yo, this is crazy. I'm not logging off though. I just kept talking. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to do me. It was pretty entertaining. Overall. It was great. <laughs> it was great. It got to the, it got to the point people were uh, retweeting like, dude, that's not even what she said. That's what Benji was like. He was like, dude, that's not even what she was saying. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is getting real. Yeah. <laughs> it was a full-blown uh, argument. It was it a full-blown like. But I'm glad it happened because it started venturing off all into different like art communities and different yeah. people. Well, let's talk about the Pittsburgh scene. Oh, okay. How do you feel about it overall? I think it's in, I think it's, um, it's definitely developing. It's definitely <clears throat> much better, much, 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 much better than it was 10, even five, even three years ago. Really? Yes. What do you attribute that to? I will say that the one thing that I appreciate that is not as uh, present is the pay to play shows, <clears throat> especially in hip hop. We had way too many pay-to-play shows. Not Meaning to you have to you pay, pay to, to play. play the gig. Yes. Right. And then you sell tickets to make your money back. But if you sell past that amount or something, it was weird. It was like they would give you tickets to sell. You give them something and you keep something. But it's, it's sure. how it would work is they would get double and you would get up your money back. But you're seeing less of that now. Oh, I hardly see it at all, which is wonderful. That's great. Because one of the, okay, history lesson. So me and my uh, my group, we're called Tribe Eternal Music Group. It's an artist collective. We were tired of that. We were tired of like doing that or not having venues open up to our sound because I'm neo-soul rap. I, I mix my genres all together. I'm, I'm wild. Um, Bilal is kind of the same. He's more like funk, hip hop, poet, R&B type guy. And then Lum is like, he mixes trap with like a message. Um, and we use a live band. So we were kind of like, there's no venues taking our, our shit. Like nobody's giving us a chance to do anything. Um, <clears throat> I would try to get in with painting and see if they could do some stuff that, but it was kind of like limiting because it's like, uh, you're playing with tracks, blah, 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 blah. So we actually got hit up to partner with um, another group called Pyramid PGH and get a space. And we got a space in like North Oakland and called it Flow Lounge. And we held events there. One of them was called Writings on the Wall. Another one was my event called Bounce House. And then we had Shampoo, which was like an anime event for beat makers. <clears throat> and we would headline each of those shows. So people started to see like, oh, like, and we would also have either some, sometimes it would be our, our friends, but most of the time it'd be people that would audition or submit music. And that started to be the thing. Like, that's kind of what I was hoping for in the city was people to start doing that. Like, actually go by the talent and the music and the showmanship instead of the popularity or the, um, the I, I could pay you a stack and I'll perform terrible. Like, no. And then mix the genre. So we would have like Swamp Walk. She performed at one of the writings on the wall. Yeah. We would have um, 
Childlike Empress, she was on there. Benji actually performed Mimosa for the first time at uh, Corrine Jasmine. She had an event at Flow, and he performed there the first time. Um, Slim, the DJ. We had a whole bunch of people there. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it seemed like it started to shift over around that time, like three, four years ago. And you think that momentum's carrying forward? You like you like where yeah. it's headed? I do like where it's headed. We still have a lot of work to do, though, because... <laughs> <laughs> okay for example i loved picklesburg because y'all had the best sound ever like um Thank you. <laughs> and with that being said <laughs> i need i need people to invest in sound systems in the city it's so important it's so important because um when i did picklesburg i could hear myself i could hear the music i could like gauge what i could do to like engage with the crowd it's kind of important for us to be able to perform that way, the money that you're paying to the artist, you're, you know, you're getting your investment back. Right. So, a lot of the times, <laughs> there's venues I'll go to, and it's like being in a a, a sheep, or something. Or it's like being in like a wool helmet. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't hear myself. Of, of sound, of like sound. what do you like? It's so, like so it's, it's all like just kind of like fuzzy. <laughs> like I can't. The drummer can't hear the bass. The bass can't uh. hear the guitar. The guitar can't hear me. And we're just like playing blind, almost. You know, like yeah, it's crazy. It's like it's like taking a dolphin sonar away or something. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like gone. But that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. But I could just that that's something I think is the next step for many uh venues in Pittsburgh is to realize that if you have better sound systems in your in your You're gonna get a better performance. Better performance and you get people wanting to come in, drink, have a good time, yeah. and they stay longer. It all ties together, you know. Um, what else? Definitely I really feel like artists here should make like a little calendar. Um, because we have so many event ideas. I think it would be better if we made a calendar. There's a whole bunch of ideas like that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, throw them out there. Yeah. So you mean like a calendar that like uh, kind of encompasses all the 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 events, the shows going on? Yeah, because it's on Facebook, but it's kind of flooded with like. Yeah. So um, I think it would be kind of cool to have a website. And I've talked to I think RV and a couple other curators about this, where like the curators and the promoters upload their information that they're going to do events on what weekend and that way we could kind of like cross promote each other yes instead of compete constantly right it creates because this, yeah the scene's gotta support itself yes it shouldn't attack and we're itself. all using the same like patrons so it's like right it would make sense to like okay say you have this event on friday i'll have my flyers there right for the saturday event right or the next friday event and that way we can actually like hand to hand cross promote. Everybody actually feels less stressed. Marketing in Pittsburgh, it takes almost two months for people to really like, okay, I'm going to this event. And then they have to see it for almost six months. Like, okay, I'm going to go finally because I keep seeing this event. Right. Yeah. Right. You know. Do you feel like um, the audience participation? Maybe not participation, but the uh, the amount of people coming to a local show. Do you see mm -hmm. that increasing at all, or do you think? Yeah, I've seen it increase yeah. a lot. Um, I do think that it's time for us to <clears throat> expand into different scenes, though, because there's a lot of people that 
still don't know about me. They still don't know about Mars. They still don't know about Isaiah Small um, or Benji or Tribe Eternal or Lolo or Sierra Sellers. There's multiple people I can name definitely that are doing a lot and um, they don't know. But we're doing a lot of shit. <laughs> Why don't they know? What do you mean? Um, they're 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 too insular. So I think it's slowly starting to merge together, so I'm not going to complain about it. But Are you it talking is, about like uh, along genre lines? Like for yeah, for example, I'll, let's start with hip hop. So sure. hip hop has two scenes in Pittsburgh. Okay, there's the Lawrenceville-ish scene where it's like you'll see us in spirit, you'll see us in like you know areas like that, and then there's like Homewood Wilkinsburg that scene in the hill and stuff like that. They have their own. <clears throat> thing going on there and there's a lot of popping artists there but we'll all like conjoin like um the artists that are mostly in like homewood wilkinsburg east hills in the hill district and stuff like that they'll go to like savoy or galaxy or whatever Mm -hmm. and then lawrenceville is like spirit and basically all of butler street and (laughs) (laughs) and um i just feel like that if that was to merge it would open up a lot more opportunities for the scene to be um vibrant a lot more vibrant than it is now do you think it's gonna merge <clears throat> yeah it's probably live's fault though <laughs> just joking <laughs> shout out to live from the city i'm sorry yeah <laughs> you, you talk about i'm the best rapper yeah in i was gonna say I, we don't even need to get into All that right, live from the city <laughs> But I, I thought that was pretty cool only because I feel like we kind of needed that. Right now in hip-hop, uh, people are kind of like buddy-buddy. and I, I'm a hip-hop head. That's boring. I want to see y'all, okay? Competition. I want to see some competition. See it's some hip-hop. Competition, yeah. That's okay because I got a song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to say this on the record. <clears throat> I do have a song. I love y'all. It is not is not to hurt anyone but it is to light a fire under your ass and that's all i'm gonna say when's that coming we gonna play it on here not yet okay i just shot a video for it oh no shit (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry yeah there's a video Remind myself to stay secure Cause in this world you lose sight, you lose it all So many times I'd stand up only to fall So many times I'd stand tall only to fall Times I wish I'd never wake up at all The pressure's on me so much I can barely crawl I recognize my strength ain't for everyone And if I wanna survive this life So you think that the two scenes are gonna are gonna merge and do you think that's i hope so for real because there's yeah. so much talent on both what do you think what do you think needs to happen i feel like lum's gonna be mad <laughs> shout out to pharaoh lum i feel like pharaoh lum on tribe should do something because he's in both scenes and he'd be playing but um need some I do, bridges yeah we just city need, of bridges we just exactly we just need some bridges built I don't feel like, and I'm not one to force collaborations because, oh, everyone hates a forced collaboration. You can always tell when you hear it, it sounds terrible. But I do feel like we don't put enough, like, effort into seeing how it will work. 
Um, we kind of stay safe in our little bubble because we're like, oh, we're already embraced over here. Like, no, right. try to try to expand out. You know, I, that's why I'm always in the place of <clears throat> not minding introducing myself. I never assume someone knows who I am because you never know how a collaboration or how an introduction will go with somebody else, you know. Definitely. Never get angry that someone doesn't know who you are. And that goes back to what you're saying about, you know, your personal story and your personal mm-hmm. experience is, you know, you say you get uncomfortable if you're sitting in the familiar too long. <gasps> I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about here with yeah. the with the scenes. Like you gotta keep pushing. Yeah, you I'm gotta like, keep come on, guys. you gotta keep it growing and you gotta keep making new connections and, yeah. and and keep transforming it. It can't stay the same because, yeah. you know, this the world around it's not going to stay the same. Exactly. I just feel like as a scene now, we're in a great development stage, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's time to like, okay, let's look over everything we have accomplished. Now let's look at some things that we probably should work on. Let's look at some areas and some pockets we haven't really. Because uh, there was a dope electronica scene going on, like, what, a couple years ago that I was getting in touch with. But I need to do that. I like that scene. There was like a lot of dope producers. There's a lot of dope producers. There's a lot of dope. Do you remember any names specifically? <sighs> okay. Fun fact. Names and Clara don't get along. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like. That's totally fair. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be like, yeah, they're like really cool. And we had like a five hour conversation. Like, What's his name? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But he looked like he eats a lot of bread. Some call him Mr. Bread or something. That's how I am. I don't know. It's weird. I know. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, but I do like uh, Medicara. Okay. I'm not familiar. Oh, yeah. They're a dope group. Shouts to Medicara. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So what, Um, you've kind of hinted at a couple things, but what is upcoming? What can we expect next? Okay. <laughs> so. I love the evil laugh. <laughs> I know it's so bad. <laughs> no, it's great though. <laughs> okay, so for you guys that have waited for ooh, almost like over a year now for something to drop, maybe. Um, I do have mixtapes coming out. Um, the first one will be dropped in June. Special. Nice. Um, so be right. It's multiple mixtapes. I have have them in the tuck. Got a whole um, series. Mm-hmm. I do plan to drop um, Aura at the top of next year, um, the deluxe edition. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's going to be dope. And then I'm dropping another album next year. Um, probably not until later in the year because I don't want to overload people. Sure. Because I plan to be like, boom, boom, boom. But you're keeping, boom. Your, you're keeping your name out there, though. Yeah. You're going to, yeah. Yeah. To you, um, what differentiates an album and a mixtape mm. to you? Mixtapes usually for me are, um, they're, I just, it's like singles like that. You Well, back in the G, mixtapes were like, you take other people's beats. That was the original. Yeah. In, and, incarnation, you, and you cut them, incarnation. make your own song. Yeah. Basically yeah, yeah, yeah. now they're called remixes, but yeah. no, that was, that was mixtapes back in the day. Yep. Um, but yeah, in this case, um, I just found some dope beats that I liked online. So you think, so less cool of a, songs. less of a cohesive project than an album's like a, yeah. a full artistic a album, statement. Uh, yeah. Album to me is yeah. a full visual sonic 
Like, it's a full experience. Like, I literally sit with it almost like making a movie script. It's like a fully fleshed out idea. Yes. Okay. Whereas in mixtapes are just like, you get Fun to, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. get to see, like, the different styles of what I do. You get to see the... Um, I really just want to flex my lyrical muscle on mixtapes. And okay. just, like, have fun. Yeah. I'm going to rap a lot. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. I'm excited for it. It's going to be called the. Uh, it's a the series is called the Four Winds. So it's going to be cool. the Four what? The Four Winds. Nice. It represents the medicine wheel, the four directions. So it's be cool. Cool. They can find you on yes. Spotify, you're everywhere. on Twitter, yes. you're everywhere. Yeah, just if you if you type Clara Kent in Google, it I literally am the only person that pops. <laughs> Got a monopoly. Yeah, I know I don't know how that happened. I'm like, oh okay, the superhero lady doesn't pop up. That's <laughs> um but I am Clara Kent on Twitter, Facebook, and IG. You can also find my album on all streaming, but I would like it if you would go to Bandcamp. And support your girl that way. Because I'm an independent artist and I only get paid doing my music. That's right. And I got bills. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's so true. It's so true. I got bills. They don't stop. No, they don't stop. That's well, thank I'm you for coming on. This has been awesome. I hope you've had a good time. Thank you. I did. I, but, uh, I was just, sometimes I talk too much. So no. Shit. Listen, this is a podcast. If there's anywhere you want to talk too much. Blah, 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 blah. Just <laughs> You're right here. All right. But uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. Yeah. Cool. No place in the world. That's all we have for you this week on the Soundcheck PGH Podcast. Thank you again to Claire Kent for coming in. That was a lot of fun. Great conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, her new mixtape, The Four Winds East, is coming out on July 27th. It will be available on Bandcamp. And if you're listening to this prior to July 27th, it is already available for pre-order. So definitely go check that out. I am Jack Doherty. Our producer is Noah Brode. We are Soundcheck PGH. You can find us online at soundcheck pgh leave us a rating leave us a review and stay tuned because there's definitely more coming a safe space.